Welcome to Speak Up Queen, the podcast inspiring you to find your inner queen and step into your power. You're listening to me, Hannah, and as always, I'm joined by Abby and Zoe. We're three life coach gal pals empowering you to speak your truth by sharing ours. Join us as we explore the world of personal development, wellness, and taboo topics through juicy, expansive conversations. Hi Queens and welcome back for our final episode of our first ever podcast series. As always I'm joined by Abby and Zoe and today we will be talking about the good girl. I'm so excited for today's topic as I think it's something that you will all resonate with but unlike some of the other topics we've discussed already it's not as commonly talked about. So I think with that in mind it'll be really good if we just Firstly, explain what we mean by good girl for those who haven't come across the term before. It's the conditioning that we're brought up with as girls to be good, which tells girls that to be a good girl, the best girl, the girl that will do well, the girl that boys will like, only looks a certain and very specific way. And this is really damaging as it leaves no room for girls to explore their authentic self. And it ends up playing out into adulthood where women feel like they have to play small They can't speak their truth or be loud or angry or messy or chaotic, where they feel like they have to be polite and can't do anything that sits outside of this tiny ladylike box. So that's kind of how I would explain it to someone. What about you, Zoe? Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with everything you've said. I think it's a really good way to describe it. And I think it also means that when you're made to feel responsible for other people, like your mission in life is to make other people feel good. You're there for other people and to, to help them out. And that you have to be this like nurturing, kind person all the time and always put other people's well-being before your own. So you have to fulfill this like stereotypical female role in all areas from the job you choose, like the timeline of your relationships and everything that comes in between those as well. Yeah, it's definitely all all tied up in there what about you Abby? Uh, To be honest I hadn't really heard about the good girl concept in this way before so researching more into it like I'm understanding it now as pointing out the sort of societal differences in the way that we bring up girls compared to boys from the things that we say the values that we instill and we're chatting today then about the the impact that that can have on the way that women experience life differently growing up so for example that women are brought up to be polite compassionate academic and men are more celebrated for being assertive and decisive it's actually been really interesting for me to have a look into and just see all these differences and resonate with some of them myself but some of them just for women as a whole and notice how that then reflects how how they go about daily life yeah yeah definitely and I know we're going to kind of go more in depth and um you know really point out those differences to our to our listeners today between like men and women and, and how it plays out so Zoe what do you think about the term good girl and for you what are some of the telltale traits that show that you're a good girl Oh God, you know, I hear it now and it just like, it makes me like recoil. Like I can feel like my neck going into my shoulders. I'm like, Ugh. it just like, it explains so much for me and like why I feel so uncomfortable in certain situations. 
And I think with any label, it can be really helpful for some people to be aware of that. And for others, it won't be, and they won't feel called to explore it. But for me, I find it really helpful because I've always had this like deep desire to be the good girl, but I didn't think anything of it until I started to explore the concept. And I just kind of thought it was who I was that I had to like follow the rules. I had to be a certain way. I just thought it was something within me. Like it was just the way I was, but knowing more about it has helped me become more aware of where I was sacrificing my own happiness in order to like appease and make everybody else happy. And as far as the traits go, I think one of the biggest is feeling very out of control in your own life. So it's that feeling of deep down something isn't aligned or that niggle of unhappiness because everyone else seems to have their lives together or be able to do or get what they want. And it's that feeling like you're only there to please others. Like that's what you're here for. And from that, you might seek external validation from other people, which stems from being like given praise when you've been a good girl and criticized when you haven't. And I've always had, like I said, that deep desire to follow the rules and had huge fears of like getting caught doing something naughty that I just, I just didn't do things, even if I really wanted to. And, you know, I never had that like rebellious fears and it just makes me uncomfortable to even think about doing something that like goes against the rules. Um, (laughs) And even like, even like recently with lockdown, like I remember in the first lockdown, it was like, you could go out and exercise once a day and I was like, my partner, and I like, oh, she'll go for a walk. And I was like, but I've already been out today. Like, I can't go again. I'm like, who was going to know that I'd been for two walks on my own? But still, I just couldn't do it. I physically couldn't do it. And I think another trait is continually having to prove yourself, whether that's that you're deserving of your work role by being like super hardworking or perfectionist, or, you know, as a woman showing that you're super chill or not like other girls and feeling embarrassed or worried about being too loud or overbearing. So it can show up in like lots of different ways, I think. And for me, those are the traits that have shown up for me the most. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with with so much of what you're saying. Yeah, apart from <laughs> the daily exercise rule, <laughs> I definitely broke that. <laughs> you're more um, of a rebel than me. Yeah, so I mean, I hugely resonate with the good girl conditioning. And I see it playing out amongst women that I know and strangers just like on a daily basis. And it just makes me want to shake women sometimes. And, you know, particularly women who are older than me, because I think that it's, you know, it's our generation that are kind of trying to, we're becoming aware of this. And, you know, obviously we're doing this podcast. I don't think, you know, our parents' generation would necessarily be talking about this. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I just think there are so many of us walking around who are completely oblivious to how oppressed we are. And I just see it like in women's eyes and their body language where they're just scared to like be too much. Um, Just, yeah, too much of anything. I see women smiling when they're actually miserable just to make other people feel comfortable. And I see them not saying anything when their partner speaks to them like shit. And yeah, we've just been taught to be so polite that we internalize the sadness and the anger and you know I think this this can literally just like mess our our bodies up and it can create like tension and, and anxiety just by sort of suppressing all of those feelings and yeah I also see women just like looking really awkward if another woman speaks up for herself and then like later shaming them for being difficult and yeah I just think that there are lots of women who kind of who can't see that they are a victim to the good girl themselves and that these women who are kind of speaking out and might seem a bit 
you know, difficult and, and opinionated. They only see them that way because that's what society has told us that they are, but they're mm. actually like doing it for them as well as themselves. Like they're doing it for, for all women out there. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's like they're doing it for the greater good, but we've been so conditioned to like see it as a threat. Like it's a bad thing. They're against us when actually they're for us. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're so right there. It's like, it's like the, it's like the patriarchy when obviously like they, they saw women as a threat, which is why like, you know, we do like favor the masculine and why the patriarchy is like still affecting us today. And it's like so many women have been brought into that and they don't realize that they themselves are like a victim of that. So anyway, yeah, I know that um, we've kind of talked about some of the traits, but I've just got like a list here that I just thought would be really good to go through for any listeners. Cause you, you know, kind of hearing it in a different way, you might think, oh, that's just like me, or that isn't like me. So um, the first one is that you keep quiet in situations you know are unfair, unjust, or inappropriate, so as not to rock the boat. You aim to please others, often at the expense of your own happiness. You go along with the status quo, even when you your instinct or curiosity wants to explore something different. You are deeply concerned with how you appear to others and put a lot of energy into looking put together. You answer, I'm fine, even when you're clearly not. You say, I don't mind, even when you do. You trust those you perceive as an authority without question. You work hard to keep your emotions in check, not wanting to appear too much or out of control. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to know whether our listeners resonate with that, whether it's like, yeah, triggered anything um, for you. Yeah, Abby, what about you? What do you think of the, the term good girl? And, and, you know, are there sort of any traits that we haven't covered maybe? Yeah, do you know what? I was actually quite resistant to the idea at first. I think I was, I wondered whether it was actually helpful to see yourself in this way, like almost at a disadvantage as a woman. And when I see things like this, um, like making people feel angry about the past and things that can't be changed, I always want to try and step in and help people just accept that it is what it is, like how the past has been and how we've been brought up and society, but focus more on making positive change for the future So I actually think it is quite a useful tool for self-discovery so that you can question some of the ways that you might think you naturally are and whether that is you or your conditioning. Um, So some of the traits that I found that really resonate um, that, again, I'm still questioning whether some of these are the real me or are these just conditioning are they a mixture of both what's helpful to take forwards what's helpful to let go of um so yeah it's an ongoing journey but some of these like um you unashamedly care about your grades and extracurricular activities I was a a bit of a um, a school lover or a geek or however you want to say it <laughs> yeah um, geek and pride were... for sure I would rep definitely with you <laughs> <Yeah>. on that one <laughs> Total geek. Um, and I did embrace it as well I would say that quite happily just interesting ones like you were from a relatively small close-knit town and um, you never had a rebellious phase I was like there's me like not so long ago thinking about getting my nose pierced like oh it's a bit risky um like what in this what in this rebellious phase now almost 
it took you way longer to learn how to let loose and have fun later in life I think that's that's possibly true as well just about letting loose and um like you said earlier about not following the rules that probably would have made me feel anxious before like some of those things I've only probably shaken off in the last few years of being in um, the self-development world it says about being late to the physical maintenance game where I know Hannah you mentioned something about being putting on a front for other people so I'm not sure exactly what that one's getting at like I've never been one to be up with the the trends and the the eyebrows on trend or the like big on makeup and things like that I don't know whether that's relevant to this or not but also like not questioning authority and this is a huge one that I've only thought thought that I could ever do by when I quit my job to travel and started really looking into self-development like the questioning things that we get told from authority figures and just little examples like things like when I was looking into health a lot and became vegan started to question and see a lot of information about how doctors aren't given they're given like a really small amount of hours of nutritional chain uh, training in um and actually food and diet can heal a lot of the different um ailments that we have and yeah in in lots of other areas as well like you say with covid rules anywhere there's rules i've definitely been a rule follower in the past and now i'm much more likely to think what will benefit me than just thinking that there is one way to do everything that everybody in the country or in the world has to stick to and as with everything i think there are benefits and drawbacks to being this way as well even if you do resonate with being brought up as a good girl and there's lots of things that I can see that have benefited me from that as well as just thinking about this as oh conditioning that I need to get rid of and where I think that labels can sometimes be detrimental is that we can take them on as our identity and believe that because we are like for example a good girl that we're always at a disadvantage and we can sometimes blame the label or take on all of those traits and say that they are us and I don't think that's particularly helpful to perpetuate Um, I think it's more powerful as a recognition tool so that we can take what resonates with us leave what doesn't and move forwards with our growth. So we've all given some great examples of the different ways that it can play out and the restriction that the good girl brings. But I think it might be good to get even more specific now about how this plays out within different female groups and roles in society. So for me, kind of talking about daughters first, I've experienced being around mums who tell their daughters to be more ladylike. So for example, a little girl enjoying her food, being messy, and then being told that she should eat like a lady, but not saying it to the little boys. And another example, I think, is like not behaving around other adults that parents are trying to impress. So it's like people like to show off about how good their daughter is. But then like when boys are full of energy and loud and messy, we just sort of laugh and brush it off as boys will be boys in kind of like an endearing 
sort of way. So yeah, I've definitely mm-hmm. seen those sort of differences between between the genders. And then young women and teens, I think, are often labeled either frigid and uptight or sluts who aren't ladylike. And it's just like you can't win. Because like, if you cover up and don't smile when you're not happy, you're told to lighten up and have fun. If you wear a short dress and you're a flirt, then you're told that, that you're a slut. So yeah, what about you, Abby? Are there any more sort of specific things that you've seen? The one that I found quite interesting to make the link between was being raised as a good girl and seeing women being taken on the role of caregivers. So, and it was saying that this can, this comes from things like us championing qualities in little girls or females about um, like nurturing and caretaking. Um, we have girls playing with dolls and those types of roles perhaps more than we do with boys um, or certainly historically and I see so many more women taking on a caring role for parents and family members and I think we perhaps feel it's our duty more than men do due to how we've been raised and I think that's this is where it can be important to establish where are these beliefs coming from that like I have to be the caregiver or put others first and um, changing those beliefs if they're not serving us. So I find that when working with women around their self-love, that there is a lot of guilt that comes with any sort of stepping back from a caregiver role and not just in a, like an official caring role for a parent or child, but all the people all the other people in our lives that surround us that we naturally want to nurture and take care of we can feel a lot of guilt when we stop doing that or step back a little bit and start to put ourselves first and I think once we can see why we feel that way and just noticing that actually women in general have been brought up to be more of the caregiver then it can it can help us to see those thought patterns and and feel easier to to change those and actually choose what we want to think about um the role that we have ourselves Mm, yeah yeah you're so right um what about you Zoe yeah I mean just totally agree with everything you've both said to be honest and there's definitely a huge difference in what is expected from women and men in terms of like being good and like it starts as soon as we're born so girls are encouraged to play quietly with dolls and they're already taking on like a mother and role as soon as they're old enough to hold a baby or a doll. And, you know, there's this expectation and I see it in school all the time and from parents and just, you know, from my own experiences, you know, that there's this expectation that girls are better behaved and more mature. And therefore the expectation on them is to achieve and do academically much better and to be quieter in class and just get on with things. And any girl who falls outside that is difficult or they're a bad influence on others you know what's wrong with them and I think another thing like as society we are obsessed with knowing when women will get married and have babies you know not when not what they want from their career or life in general and that you see it all the time on social media like when a celebrity or influencer puts up one of those question boxes and they are almost always asked over and over again, like, when are you getting married? Are you having kids? When do you want babies? Mm-hmm. And like, not only is that like so inappropriate and not called for, but like, it just reduces women to simply being family givers. That that's, that's all we should be interested in with women. 
and you know you're a good girl if you follow the path set up by society and if you don't then what's wrong with you and like I get asked all the time like when am I having children and you know I mean to feel like my life's going to be complete and meaningful if I have them and when I say well actually I have no interest in having kids it's not something I kind of see for myself it's literally like I've said something so horrific but then men don't get that same reaction I think as women we are good if we follow that path of just wanting to be mothers and there for men basically yeah you're 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 so right and yeah it's really interesting and obviously we're we're all in our 30s and yeah the pressure is just insane Mm. um anyway (laughs) that could be a whole other podcast (laughs) I really could (laughs) next Um, series (laughs) yeah okay so um I think it would be good now to talk about our own personal experiences of being the good girl or being made to feel like we should be one and any examples of where we notice it's still playing out in our lives so Abby what about you I can see that I was probably quite a typical good girl when you look at all the traits and it is really hard to say how much of those traits is good girl conditioning and how much of that is naturally me because some of those things I think are useful for me still now and some of them I think I have naturally stepped away from or intentionally stepped away from in some cases as well when starting more self-development work and looking at more what I want for myself so I know that now I'm much more likely to speak up for myself so hence the birth of this podcast like speaking up about our opinions about different things I used to think that and I probably would still say that I'm not overly opinionated but that doesn't mean that I don't have opinions on things so I'm not necessarily naturally loud and bold with my opinions and I don't I don't think I'll will be that way um or I am naturally that way but I definitely do have opinions on things that mean something to me and I think it can be useful to really like understand that and see that yeah maybe I have just been quiet at times not to rock the boat or really felt um, uncomfortable about any conflict and things like that. I think the other thing is questioning the norms of society like we said and like I said before that started to happen for me when I quit my job to travel and from there being having more time by myself made me actually realize more what I wanted rather than the set path by society it's also like marriage and children hasn't been on the cards for me like it has been for a lot of the friends that I grew up with and and that type of thing and it's yeah something that I wonder whether I would naturally have done next or fallen into like I did the first steps on the ladder of buying the house and um you know getting the management role in the job tick tick and would I have just carried on that up that that ladder of external successes then I probably would because otherwise we if we don't see things to help us to question what's us and what's society then we just don't know we just live in what we think is normal to um to just do the the next thing on the list and um yeah so I'm much more likely now to make 
my own decision on things and what's right for me. And actually in realizing that um, when we talk about the, the caregiver stuff and the being a nurturer for other people, I think one of my biggest realizations when I decided to, to travel, um, one of the things was I was, I was a little bit torn of leaving my family for so long. And I actually realized that people benefit from not having you there all the time and again I've always been quite a a peacemaker and I can see how a lot of these traits have also supported me so I don't think it's all negative like anything I believe there's a balance of good and bad and we can definitely use this awareness to our benefit once we've identified it um, I, I think it's really, really empowering to take individual ownership of this and do our own self-development work and not be stuck feeling like a victim, blaming this as being the way the world is, but actually taking what we need from it to open our eyes almost and then doing the work that we need and practicing and taking on the beliefs that actually empower us to do life dif- differently and get the most from life yeah I think I really like your sort of perspective and and the questioning that you've done around like you know actually like am I just naturally more of a good girl the traits that we've we've been discussing or actually like is this is this just my conditioning I think it's really important yeah that perspective and for listeners to realize that like you know we're not saying that all women should be opinionated and you know it's a little bit like with um with feminism I know that we've it's something that we've discussed you know how some some feminism kind of teaches us that it should be a certain way and actually if you naturally are opinionated or aren't opinionated you know if you're naturally very laid back if you naturally you know do feel like a caregiver there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um we just want to make sure that yeah, that it, it's people being their authentic selves and not just their conditioning. So yeah, I really like your perspective on that. Yeah, Zoe, what about you? What experiences do you have? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of times in my life where I've been made to feel like I need to be good. And, you know, I don't see it as anyone's fault or blame anyone. And like Abby said, like, it's about like not, you know, victim blaming or spending all that time in the past and like feeling sorry for yourself like oh you know like what was me this has been terrible it's about learning from that and then using that to move forward and it can be very easy to say well if they hadn't done this I wouldn't be like this but actually now it's time for us to take responsibility if we feel that's how we've been treated or how we've been made to feel how can we take that like control back and like we've said like as a society it's been ingrained in this you know as far back as we can go in history that women are here to be good girls, you know, whether it's a doting wife, an obedient daughter, model student, or an obliging employee. It's something that's been there for generations and it's not surprising it's being passed on to us. But now that we can start to question it, we can start to change it for ourselves and for the future as well. But I would say it's shown up in my life in so many ways, like from little things, like from eating food that I don't like so that I don't offend the person who's made it because, you know, that would be so impolite to say you didn't like something or it wasn't something for you. Um, to work in overtime when I'm already exhausted because someone has called in sick and I felt bad for them saying no and even like going on holiday with someone when I didn't really want to go just so that they didn't miss out like I felt like it was my responsibility to go so that they could have a holiday but like I said the way it's influenced me the most is by not wanting to break the rules like I just I just can't do it and I get like physical symptoms if I do something that I feel I shouldn't or that would be frowned upon 
And like for the longest time, I wouldn't even like swear in front of my own mom. Like I was like, I can't do that. Like that's not being a good girl if I swear in front of my mom. Um, so it just shows up in lots of ways. Like uh, like a, an example, like my partner and I were talking about this, like that if we are undercharged at a restaurant, if they miss something off the bill, I have to say something. Like I can't leave it. And, you know, we went out for dinner like before COVID and the, the server forgot to put like two drinks on our bill. And I was like, no, we have to tell her like, this isn't fair. She'll get shouted at by her boss and it might come out of her wages. And he was like, it's fine. Like they probably won't even notice. And he was so cross with me because I made her come back and I paid for everything that we bought. And he, so he will not let that go that I was like, I had to follow the rules. And I'd be there like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, I can't do it. Um, so yeah, so I like, I would feel a lot of guilt if I don't follow the rules and like have this inbuilt desire that I need to be honest and do the right thing at all times. Like, even if it only affects me, I still have to like do the right thing. And I would definitely feel guilty if I don't put others first and say that, you know, I am definitely a people pleaser. And luckily it's something, you know, I'm getting better at letting go of just because it drains all my energy to constantly be there for other people. And I'm learning that that doesn't help anybody. But in terms of being made to feel like I should be a good girl, like a more recent instance of it was when I started a new job, I'd only been there a few months and I was like fresh out of university and had done like the typical things that students do, like going out with my friends, like getting dressed up. And then like the next day you post like hundreds of photos on Facebook because you went out and that's just what you did. Um, you know, it was nothing unusual and like day to day, like I didn't tend to wear anything to show off my body and wore things that were deemed as professional and ladylike. Like I just kind of followed those, those kind of rules as well. But like, if I was on a night out with friends, I would, you know, dress up in something that made me feel good. But again, like nothing that would gain attention because I was quite a self-conscious person. But anyway, like on, on one particular day at my new job, I was like, maybe like been there for like four months. So I was still fairly new and like quite, I'm quite like a shy introverted person it takes me a while to like warm up to people and I was chatting to like an older colleague about some work we were doing and out of nowhere she went oh I added you on Facebook yesterday I didn't realize you were such a slut I was like what like it literally knocked the wind out of me and I like I remember I went to the toilet and just cried because I was so mortified and like I actually felt ashamed of myself like I felt awful like that this is the interpretation she had of me and like looking back, I still can't work out like how she came to this conclusion. Cause like, like I said, I was quite self-conscious. Like I never really wore anything revealing and I've been with the same partner since I was 19. So I can't quite figure out where her reasoning for using that term came from. But like looking back, I can kind of see that she was projecting like her feelings and thoughts onto me because not only was how she described me totally untrue, but actually, so what if I was like, what's wrong with being a woman who feels good about herself and and puts her need, you know, first the way men are praised for. And like, if I had been wearing clothes that shoot off my body, or I'd talked openly about having different sexual partners, that didn't make me a slut. There was nothing wrong with that. Like, if that's how I wanted to live my life, then why couldn't I do that? Like, she was shaming me for something that I didn't need to be shamed for. Um, and, you know, saying what you want and he doesn't make you bad. It just makes you realize that you don't have to exist to like, just to bend yourself into the mold of other people or other people's expectations. So it's definitely something I've encountered like throughout my life. There's so many examples I could give, but we would be here for hours. And um, but those are the ones that have stood out for me the most. Yeah, I think that shame so many women are carrying around in like so many different areas. And yeah, it's just it's just really sad. But like you say, you know, there's no point in blaming people. We we're aware now and we can, yeah, do something about it. 
I think we are the the, the generation that's going to do something about it as well. Like mm. we are, we have got more platforms. We've got more voices. We are stepping up. We, we're talk, like you said, like we're talking about this on a platform that lots of people can get to hear. Whereas like that just wasn't done before. Like, and as time goes on, we, we are doing things differently now. We are questioning the norms. We're not just having children because our time might run out or you know we're not just rushing to buy the house or or get married or whatever or we we might we might do those things but we can question whether it's what we really want deep down as to as to why we're doing it which is the the important thing I think I mean I know for me like there are multiple reasons why I'm not ready to have a child yet but one of them is that you know, I want to break this cycle, particularly if I have a daughter, because I think our generation are really aware of like the ancestral trauma and conditioning. I know for me, it's been passed down through every single woman down to me. And yeah, if our generation don't do something about it, it's just gonna, you know, we're going to affect our daughters. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's really, really important. So for me, obviously, as, as we've discussed, being told that we should be a good girl sets us up to seek approval. And now that I look back, I realized that the first place where I really started to see this conditioning play out for me was in my late teens, where you kind of start dating and thinking about the opposite sex. So throughout secondary school, particularly from boys, I was always made to feel like I was too loud, too opinionated. And I even got labeled as being stuck up just literally just because I used my voice. And it was obvious to me that boys thought that I was just too much. So from age 17, I started to I started to play small, basically, because I wanted boys to think that I was laid back. Yeah, so I sort of grew up with boys telling me to lighten up when I'd get angry about situations that were unjust. And I just learned very quickly that boys aren't attracted to girls unless they're carefree and laugh at their jokes, like no matter how sexist or unfunny they are. And that girls, that that they like girls who make them feel like they have the power. So when I left school and you know, obviously you, you start going on nights out. I bumped into boys from school um, on, on these nights out. And I used to absolutely love it when they said like, oh, you're actually really cool. Like it just massively like boosted my ego, you know, after I guess the negative perception that, that they had of me at school. And um, it's only now that I see that I put their opinion of me above me being authentic. Saying that, I have been told, you know, countless times on nights out to smile. And, you know, I know that boys don't like chatting up girls who make it obvious that they just aren't in their mood, in the mood. It's like, yeah, their egos just can't handle it. So they make out that you're the problem and just label you uptight and frigid. And I know that like, it's quite a common thing for a girl to like, lie and pretend that they've got a boyfriend, just to try and like get a boy to I guess, like respect them rather than just thinking that they're like in a really bad mood and telling them to smile. Another small example actually happened like fairly recently during a photo shoot. So I was sat on the sofa and I had one leg up so that my knee was bent. 
And the photographer who was female laughed and said, you need to change your pose. That's not ladylike with your leg open like that. (laughs) And at the time I just laughed it off, but it like really shocked me. And I don't think I'll ever Mm. forget it. And yeah, I just think it's, it's no wonder that so many women like just can't let go, like particularly sexually. I know that so many women, you know, have, have issues in that area. And, you know, it's not surprising when we're literally told to like watch our every move and to keep our legs closed. So yeah, yeah. Like, it's not surprising. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah, it just, it just really surprised me. I also think that it's, it's really relevant and interesting to touch on the recent murder of Sarah Everard and the conversations that have happened amongst women as a result of that. It just shows how long as a society we have been good girls and been told to to be good girls because up until now we've had no choice but to just accept that it's normal to be scared of men and that boys will be boys and we've stayed quiet just because it's felt like the safer option and, and the only option that's you know been given to us so yeah I think what happened to Sarah has obviously seen a lot of women step away from their good girl and into their wild woman where they've been honoring their rage anger sadness frustration and some for possibly the first time in their lives because until now like we haven't had any choice but to just push down how men have made us feel in the past you know our our experiences of sexual harassment and trauma but I know that, you know, if you're a young woman on social media, we we haven't been able to get away from it over the last couple of weeks. You know, women everywhere are sharing their experiences and are, and are getting angry. And yeah, it's, it's really forced us to speak out and say how we feel. And I think that it's great as a collective that we're honoring that. Um, and yeah, I've absolutely loved witnessing other women speak speak their truth. So... As always, um, we'll finish up with some of our top tips for undoing this conditioning and kind of pushing back. So for me, I think it'll be great if you just kind of like listen back to this, particularly where we share the telltale signs of, of what it is to be a good girl and just note any instances that you resonate with and then just kind of start becoming aware, just start witnessing your conditioning and chat to your mum, your friends, your partner, and consider the ways that you've been, that you have allowed the good girl to suppress who you, you really are. And as you start to witness your conditioning playing out, you can just start to question whether you're being authentic and change your behavior according to that by speaking out and saying no, etc. And if you're looking to love and accept all parts of yourself I'd really recommend looking at how to honor your feminine energy because this will really help you to move out of your conditioning both mentally and physically and also explore your anger because being able to express this is is a part of of the feminine so yeah Zoe what about you what are your tips yeah I think a really good thing is to is to think about what are the signs of a good girl like you've said I think that's really important and I think like life just gets so exhausting and stressful like when you're constantly looking for outside approval and relying on others to make you feel worthy or trying to fit into this box that you know of being a good girl you know and at some point you have to have the confidence to say like I'm happy with like with this and I'm, I'm proud of who I am and it's about ha- taking taking that control back and making the choice that this isn't going to affect me anymore I'm going to do what's right for me so I'd say the first thing to do is to start developing a relationship with yourself like what is it that you actually enjoy what do you want 
and then start asking for it or saying no like and realize that people will always give their opinions there will always be someone with someone with something to say especially if they're not used to you doing that and even if you know if they've got away with it in the past you're going to obviously keep trying to do it but just don't let them sway you like be strong like you know what's best for you and if you don't put up boundaries people will keep pushing them so just be brave and speak up queen abby what about you I just think it's helpful when with things like this to see what resonates with you. So whatever traits we might have read out or experiences that we've shared that makes you think, oh, yeah, I've had that. It can be useful to to explore that and to think about what maybe was underlying there that you really wanted to do in that situation that was different from how you acted and I think that can help us establish from our thoughts feelings and behaviors which of them are stemming from the way that we've been conditioned growing up versus what are actually our true self playing out and yeah it's sometimes quite a blurred boundary like it doesn't mean we don't have any of the nurturing trait just because we've been brought up as as good girls and we have to get rid of that completely but it's just working out it's all about like the balance of who we really are and what we really feel and yeah it's just really that that self-development journey taking note and working on changing the things in accordance with our higher self Thanks for listening to today's episode. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you did, we'd love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Please also feel free to message us on Instagram and tell us if you're a good girl yourself and your key takeaways from today's chat. This is our final episode of series one of Speak Up Queen, but don't worry, we will be back after a short break and please feel free to message us with any topics you would like us to cover in the next series and we'll talk to you soon. This has been Speak Up Queen. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Find and follow us on Instagram to carry on the conversation. You can find me at hannah.allsop.coach abby at abby.fish and zoe at she.is.coaching thanks for listening and chat to you soon